The evolution of the Red Bull Academy continues. And today we talk with New York Red Bull Academy director, Sean McCafferty, with former homegrown Connor Lade. This is Matt Harmon for the New York Red Bull Radio Network. Today we dig in deep to the Academy side on Red Bull Weekly. Exciting episode of Red Bull Weekly coming up with Connor Laid. I'm Matt Harmon. We are brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. And today we are, in essence, connecting the dots between the MLS side, the USL side, and the academy. Uh, one of my favorite interviews over the last couple of years since he came to the club in 2019. He is academy director, Sean McCafferty. Connor, I know a guy that you have gotten to know very well because of your connection as a homegrown player as well, and the academy, uh, fantastic soccer mind, and a clear vision. I'm going to throw you on the spot right away. A clear vision for the direction that this academy and ultimately the franchise is going. Yeah, Matt. He, Sean, is a, a incredible, invaluable asset to this organization, and his role is arguably one of the the most important in our organization, at least with the trajectory of our club and the way we want to play and giving young players opportunity. He's placed such a big factor in in uh, the overall development of this club, and I think he's done a, a fantastic job. Listen, I know he, he came in 2019 looking to refresh our academy uh, because there are, there's such a, an incredible group of players that come from this area, but it's so interesting the way he's transformed it into pulling players from around the country, you know, internationally. It's it's really incredible and really the resources that they are giving to these players i'm i'm extremely jealous about because it you're treating your academy players like pros so that when they get to an opportunity to get to the next level they're ready and they've been given all the tools to succeed there so i think he he's done a really incredible job i'm excited to talk to him today because uh you know getting to pick his brain he's got such a wealth of experience on on the academy level and developing young players and really types of players that he developed are, are are very incredible he's got a great cv of uh some of the players that he's developed so we're we're excited to have him in here today and uh get to chat about my favorite place in the world new york rebels academy you know the, the red bulls academy which is this year moved kind of center stage in that world of uh, digital and social media and YouTube with the with the Academy series that Bleacher Report has been going on. It's been so fun to watch how that first couple of episodes. I know I know there's still a couple more uh, that will come out. Just how it's been developed and really the inside unique look at what takes place on a day to day basis. I think that's so cool. I think not only for fans of the club who want to get a little bit of information on the young stars that are coming through our academy, but also for the players. I, I mean, having, you know, at, a, at 14, 15, 16 years old, having cameras following you around to games and, you know, having an academy New York Derby, it, it's, you know, these types of moments are huge for young players to play in big games and have a little bit of pressure on you because, I mean, you got cameras around, there's going to be some pressure and you're trying to show out for the cameras and uh, and make sure that whatever they're catching is your best. And so, it's a really exciting time for the Academy. And obviously 
like we talked about Sean providing young players with opportunities with Red Bull too. It's you, it's really incredible the the type of um, platform that they have for young players. And it's such a draw for, for the top players in not only the area, but the country and maybe internationally to come over here and play for, for our club because they are providing these experiences. So, you know, being, being at that New York Academy Derby, it was, it was incredible and see, see the guys get up for it. And, you know, seeing Bleacher Report, the scale of things that they are getting on behind the scenes with capturing all the little pieces of it. it it's really, really impressive. And uh, if if I said I wasn't jealous, I'd be a liar. I, I was just going to say there's a hint of jealousy from the former homegrown Connor oh, Laid, who, who listen, you, you, you are a trailblazer in so many regards, being that first homegrown guy to be part of the, the senior team and come up through the academy. But man, you, you you sound angry. You gotta let some of this stuff go, buddy. Come on. Listen, I'm laying it on thick. The jealousy is. I'm not trying to hide it at all. I. It's funny. I remember uh, we talked about uh, the other day. Actually, we've got this uh, academy alumni group that we uh, have players throughout the time from Metro Stars Academy all the way up through guys who are just leave the academy. We've got a group of guys who, you know, we're trying to organize events and, um, you know, trying to mentor the young players who are coming through the academy and. We're talking about, you know, the carpools we used to run. I remember sitting all over New Jersey waiting for players to come out of their house, waiting them to get home from school, picking them up, trying to shuttle them into into Newark to get to NJIT or Rutgers Newark for training at 8.30 at night. But now, I mean, these players don't have to deal with that anymore. They get they get rides to training. They get video. They get, uh, you know, incredible facilities to lift and eat after training. I mean, it, they're, they're spoiled rotten, and you can tell that they're uh, – they're better for it. And uh, yeah, it's impressive what they're providing. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Let Connor diffuse a little bit before we bring on Sean McCafferty, our guest. We're brought to you by NJIT, the New Jersey Institute of Technology. We're back right after this on Red Bulls Weekly. New York Red Bulls Weekly brought to you in part by the New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT makes industry-ready engineers in more than 20 fields. If it's engineering, it's at NJIT. Number one in the nation for student upward economic mobility. Learn more at njit.edu. Back here on our Red Bulls Weekly podcast with Connor Laid. I'm Matt Harmon. Excited, as we talked about before the break, to welcome in Academy Director Sean McCafferty. Do I now say Academy Director slash reality TV star with the series that Bleacher Report is doing? Sean, I'm, I, you know, you and I have talked a couple of times and I always enjoy it. I feel like I don't know how to address you anymore because of this new role and the, and the series that's been going on. I see you smiling there. I mean, it, we, we had to get it right out of the way. <laughs> First shot fired across the bow and, and make you feel uncomfortable right from the beginning. I wouldn't have it any other way, Matt. All the actors in Hollywood are quaking in their boots after watching the Bleacher Report. I mean, Connor's, he's taking calls from Hollywood every day, Connor, right? Uh, 100%. I think we're waiting for the spinoff. What's going to come out for you personally? I know they're excited about the players, but you've been the the, the bright star of Bleacher yeah. Report, the Academy. So what, what is that spinoff going to look like? <laughs> that's gonna have poor ratings let's put it that way <laughs> soccer with sean i think that's that's the title that i've heard that's been thrown around a little bit you know that it, it is though in in truth sean such a, a a real unique and interesting way because you think of it right everybody in major league soccer they have their academies up and going but to profile the red bull academy in this way and get so in-depth and so unique I know there's so many things for us to talk about, but, you know, it, it's one of those 
more current and just uh, for, for lack of a better term, I'll say really cool ways to show exactly what's taking place within the academy system. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Matt. I mean, it's just given the academy fantastic exposure. I mean, obviously all the views and, and obviously Bleacher Report is a, you know, it's a big deal. So um, for them to come in and obviously expose the players to that is, it's invaluable. Uh, and I think the players obviously embraced it. There's cameras there and, you know, I don't care what level you play at. There's a little bit extra when there's cameras there. And um, and they've embraced it. I mean, obviously Connor's seen it with the, the games we've had against NYCFC. And then we went down to Philly and played in their stadium and, you know, it couldn't have went any better, uh, to be honest with you. You know, some some, some good performances, most importantly, both uh, collectively as groups and individuals. And then some exciting kind of last-minute winners and last-minute goals to tie it up. So, you know, as a, a spectacle, it really couldn't have went any better. And for us, it's just an, an unbelievable opportunity to showcase our, you know, the, the great staff that we have and the players and, you know, the evolving uh, academy environment. So, you know, it's we're looking forward to the next few uh, episodes as well. Sean, you know more more than anybody, you know, within the world of soccer, whether it's here in the United States, worldwide, in, in Europe, or really anywhere, as much as the attention might go to the New York Red Bulls in Major League Soccer or Man City or Liverpool or, um, you know, Leipzig or whatever, whatever league you want to follow and pay attention to, for all of those teams, New York Red Bull included, it starts at the academy level. So to build it from the ground floor up, and I and I remember talking to you almost right when you were hired back in 2019, reformulating things, coming up with new ideas, fresh plans, and putting a you know I, I'd say fresh coat of paint on something that still looked pretty good from the Red Bull Academy. This series to me, it, it's almost a highlight of all of the planning that's been done despite a pandemic over the course of the, the last couple of years with you being in charge. Yeah, no, listen, we came in, Red Bull already had a history of developing young players coming through. Um, obviously, the academy is a massive part of the organization, but we kind of wanted to take it to the next level um, and just create even a, you know more support, uh, more resources, and just challenge these young players even more. Uh, and again, the term that we use, Matt, is, you know, we want to accelerate the development of these top talents. And how do we do that in various ways? You know, the easy one is, can you play them up, challenge them against older players? Um, you know, our younger players get on Red Bull too. You know, we just got back from Sacramento not too long ago and, you know, probably six, seven, maybe 8,000 fans there. And you just get to find out what these young players can do. Do they stand up and be and be, be counted or, or do they, you know, does the occasion get to them, you know? And it's just invaluable experiences like that of, in my opinion, it helped accelerate the development of some of our, our top, top guys. And and also the staff. I mean, the staff have been unbelievable. We we go in with a, you know, a required standards for everything that we do. And it's it's non-negotiable. We use that term a lot. Listen, our standards and how we work is non-negotiable. Uh, and, and ultimately, I'm a big believer. And if you have high standards and you, you don't accept anything under, um, then you'll never go in those two places you never want to be, which is mediocrity and complacency. Sean, I, yeah, I think we've seen the fruits of that labor already with some of the success you guys have had since your arrival as well. The whole academy system has shifted, at least since I've been there. You know, they're they're pouring resources in uh, for you to uh, have at your disposal, and kind of the entire academy system is shifting in terms of player identification and really recruitment. And I know you've been a big part of that. If you look at some of the guys who have come in, Caden Clark. Jake LaCava, who had been with our academy for a brief stint, but Austin Brummett, these players who aren't necessarily in our backyard and grow up within our system, but have been recruited and are choosing to come 
play for the New York Rebels Academy. What is that system like and how are these resources helping you guys? I think that's one of the add-ons, Connor, that we, you know, we're very fortunate in our area. It's a hotbed, right? There's a lot of talent. There's unbelievable diversity. I mean, there's just, you know, everything you would want. Um, but ultimately, we can't be naive enough to think the top players are only here. You know what I mean? It's a big country, a continent, basically. So we have to look for the 1% outside of our market. Uh, and that's what we try and do with the home state program. That's what we try and do with the, the partnership we have with Salas. Can we bring those Caden Clark level players, right? And listen, everybody else is looking for them as well. So it's a, it's an art and it's a, you know, it's, um, it's work we put into it, but we believe those kind of final pieces of the jigsaw will really help us and complement the talent that we already have in the New York and New Jersey uh, tri-state area. So it's a, for me, it's the evolution of our academy and it's only the beginning, right? And during the, during the, you know, the next three to five years, my, my goal is to have a residency program here. Um, where we can immerse the players just in, in the environment so they eat, live, breathe uh, the game. And, and again, for me, that's going to take us to the next level. Sean, from the standpoint of, and I remember having this conversation with you a couple of years ago, in essence, taking the, the gloves off, so to speak, and be able to go out and get players outside of the New York, New Jersey area. That's a pretty big step when you think of it for the evolution, not just for, for Red Bull, but even from a standpoint for the United States, that the competition exists. You can go get somebody from another area instead of, well, let's just work with the players that we have. Talk about, if you can, just how different now that kind of factors into going to find players. Like, like Connor alluded to, I mean, there's there's more investment. But for I think, not for the first time, but it's the most evident it's been, is there's an ROI on this. You know, you take Busio, for example, for Sporting KC. He's a North Carolina boy. Right. So ultimately, the clubs are recognizing you want to go and bring in the best young talent. Number one, you want them to be able to play for your first team and contribute and hopefully help you win a cup. But ultimately, the reality is if they do well, then you sell them on for an ROI and you can invest that back into your academy or into your organization. You know, you just look at, you know, the players that have gone from FC Dallas, uh, Reynolds to Roma. Right. You got Aronson and uh, McKenzie gone to Genk and Rebel Salzburg, respectively. And uh, obviously, Caden Clark with Leipzig. This is just the beginning. It's not going to get any less. It's only going to be more and more and more. The talent pool is here. Players are finally getting the credibility they deserve. Um, and obviously, the market value is going to continue to rise. So in my opinion, that's it's, it's um, absolutely imperative that we're searching the nation. We can't just rely on the tri-state market. We have to search the nation for the best talent. Sean, for working with young players and, as you alluded to before, giving them opportunities to see kind of what they have at the next level at a young age, how does that job become, you know, difficult for you guys between balancing, you know, competing and winning for game or winning games on the USL level and kind of bringing them along in their personal development? I know, you know, you talk to John Wallenek and it's, yes, you want to be winning games, you want to compete for trophies, but at the same time, there's a bigger structure beyond it that we want to develop players into. How has that made your job a little difficult and kind of what process do you take with young players? Yeah, I think obviously working closely with, with John is, you know, COVID have made things a bit more difficult and simply with the player movement. That's made things more challenging for certainly for John and, and getting players from the first team and, and how fluid that was maybe in the past. So academy players have had to step up and it's it's almost a, a silver lining from a selfish academy perspective, right? But these young players have, have been put into the, again, these environments, Connor, that it's, you know, there's thousands of people, you know, go to Hartford and there's fives. 
And they've not just kind of stood up and be counted, but they've contributed, right? They've been scoring goals, creating goals. And, and you know, young, you were there. Young Sammy Williams made his uh, first team start, or sorry, second team start. Um, and it looked at, you know, for me, fairly put a foot wrong, you know, and it just shows the maturity and the quality that they have. And, you know, maybe if you're getting more first team players, you don't know. You don't find that out. You don't know that, hold on a second, we've got a top young prospect here, you know, 16-year-old that plays like he's played the game uh, for a, a long period. So, for me, it's, and I, I talked to John, we want to we wanna develop a winning mentality, right? And the fact that this young team, they, you know, they're not winning as many games as we like, but they're in almost every game. They're in almost every game. And a little moment here, a little moment there, that's part of the process. That's part of their development. And they'll learn from it and they'll grow from it. Because ultimately, I'll not keep my job for us winning a USL championship or the MLS next. It's players coming through to the first team. That's it's the only reason the academy exists is to make sure we get players through to the first team. And um, you know, it's for me so exciting to see players like uh, Sam Williams, players like Serge and Goma. You know, they're 15 and 16 year olds playing against men. You know, playing against you know 28, 29, 30 year olds, and again, just invaluable learning experiences. Sean, what makes soccer? This is maybe a uh, interesting question on on a lot of levels. What makes the sport of soccer worldwide? I won't say easy, but more apt to have players at 15 and 16 play professional because you you think of it, right? If you're playing hockey, basketball, American football, um, baseball, it, it's not designed for teenagers in essence to be professionals, but yet we see it in the sport of soccer all the time. Yeah, I think a, a lot of those other sports, um, you know, there's definitely more of a physical component, you know, a lot more hitting going on and, and what have you. Um, I think soccer, I mean, obviously, you're using your non-dominant limbs for one, right? Uh, and there, it's it really is, it's a game about maybe time and space and, you know, cliche, but it's, it's played with your brain, not with your feet, really. Um, so when you're a younger player and you're maybe physically um, not quite there yet, then the intelligence comes in, the game intelligence, not putting yourselves in situations where you have to be in 50-50s or you have to go up and win balls against players but you have no chance of winning it against. It's understanding, okay, what's my strengths? How do I how do I manipulate the game to make sure that I can still show my attributes? Um, and again, it's I think these younger players, I mean, you're starting to see it. I've watched the Olympics as well, that they're getting younger and younger, right? These are the quicker, stronger, faster. Then, you know, nobody's getting slower. So I think the you know, the soccer is the same. I think the players, when you look at some of the players, and again, I said to Serge Goma, he's, he's literally, it looks like a man, right? He's chiseled, he's, he's strong in all the right areas, and he's 15, maybe just turned 16, and he's physically ready, you know? And But now it's the experience, understanding the differences of youth to pro. Um, I honestly believe we're in an era where young players are being given the opportunity earlier, and they're proving that they're good enough. And they were probably good enough before, but just exposure is essential. Like, and I'm so fortunate to work at a club that values that and, and wants young players to be given the exposure. Because those minutes, again, data research, that those players that get the, the meaningful minutes, they're the ones that get through. They're the ones that get to the top. You have to bridge that youth to pro. And, you know, USL and the second team is, is a perfect, uh, you know, place to do it. Sean McCafferty joining us here, Red Bull Weekly, our weekly podcast series, Matt Harmon, Connor Laid. Uh, Sean, you talked about the connection between the Academy and Red Bull, too. That, that's something that for you, in essence, your, your job and your responsibility, you, you kind of bridge the gap from the Academy to Red Bull, too, to the senior side. You're the piece that really is involved on so many different levels um, in terms of 
tracking players, giving them the opportunities that you talked about. And then in essence, you know, a, a surge in Goma, case in point, hey, he's ready for minutes at Red Bull 2. Let's see how he does. Um, y- your job since you took over in 2019 hasn't shrunk, right? It's it's expanded to include involvement on all levels of soccer for, for the New York Red Bull organization. Yeah, so, you know, my new responsibility is kind of overseeing the second team and, and providing John Walniak the support um, and, and really kind of connecting the academy and second team even more. Um, obviously, that was that was the main objective, um, you know, adhere to the same standards, making sure that the conversations are happening every single day, which which they are, along with Sammy Castellanos, Jeremy Pride, Eric Gorman, all the staff. So we're having these conversations every single day about who's next, who do we need to get in. You know, young Curtis Afori got in for a few games and was excellent. Um, you know, picked up a little injury, but he'll be back in. Um, so we're really having those conversations. And it's not just the, the, the soccer side of it, but it's also the physical. You know, are they ready for X amount of minutes? They, because the, the issue is, is, you know, if somebody's not fully physically developed or maybe even socially, mentally not there, we can't, you know, we can't throw them in the deep end and let them, let them, let them sink. We have to at least get, let them dip in a little bit and, and kind of uh, approach it in that way. But um, for me, it's one of the best things about the club, Matt, is complete alignment. You know, we're done watching the first team train, you know, conversations almost daily with, with the first team staff, uh, you know, so everybody's trying to get a, as, as aligned as possible. And, you know, again, everybody values who's the next one. All right. You got, you get the first team playing with, you know, three, four, 18 year olds on the field at one time. And, and ultimately, Again, for me, who's next? Who's next in line? Who's coming up and who's ready? And so those conversations are, are vitally important for us. And again, at the second team level, the priority is not to win. We want to win games. We absolutely want to be competitive. Uh, but we, more importantly, we want to develop players for the first team that can contribute. And, you know, our ultimate goal is to win a cup. So we're, we're working towards it. Not there yet, but we're working towards it. Sean, I know an added wrinkle for you guys, obviously, I'd say most players coming through the academy has their eyes on uh, a Tyler Adams trajectory, uh, a Caden Clark trajectory. How difficult does that make manage? You know, it's a that wrinkle of managing expectations and realizing not not every player is going to make you know Leipzig, you know, make a make a jump over to uh, Matt Miazga with going over to Chelsea, and some may like as a lot of guys in RB2 this year have gone off to college and that's maybe a part in their career that that's, that's going to be part of their journey. How, how do you guys manage kind of whether that's the players, whether that's the parents kind of guiding them that this is another journey that can take you to the first team. And maybe these are the guys that are developing to be contributors to the New York Red Bulls for a long time, rather than being shipped off elsewhere. Uh, it's it's a very good uh, point, Connor. I mean, ultimately, there's more than one pathway, right? Then we have to be, um, we're not naive enough to think that it's just this way. Um, Roald Mitchell is a perfect example. You know, Roald Mitchell was scoring goals, looked fantastic in Red Bull too. And there's a lot of stakeholders involved, ourselves, the family, the school, um, you know, Roald. So ultimately, they felt, you know, when we real conversations about Roald and, and, and regarding and, and potentially signing him, but they, they felt that college is what he needed. Um, so obviously, he's going to a great program uh, in, in Wake Forest. And, and he's somebody we'll, we'll closely monitor. You know, I can certainly see Roll putting on the Red Bull uniform one day and walking out in that arena. But like you said, it's just a little different pathway. It's just that that's all it is. And there's no completely right or wrong. For me, it's a case-by-case basis. Um, you know, Caden Clark was, was never going to go to college. From 14, he was never going to go to college, right? His his pathway was different. Um, 
you know, Jake LaCava is exactly the same, but he's 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 grinding. He's getting through Red Bull too. And again, again, I, I firmly believe he'll be an MLS player uh, one day. So, so there's different pathways, and we just have to we have to give the information, in my opinion, all the information, so the best educated decision can be made, right? And sometimes we may not like it, um, but we have to respect it and understand it. Um, and again, we have to be. We have to be careful. The United States is very unique and different than other countries around the world in regards to the college program and what it offers from a, you know, a degree, how much money, money that's worth. And um, so it's, it is a little different, but as we all know, the landscape is changing. More and more young players are being signed earlier. Um, you know, the salaries are getting to a point where now it's, it's a consideration. Maybe in the past it wasn't. Um, so the landscape's changing for the better. And these young top talents will have, you know, I think more up, uh, you know, more options in front of them. Sean, so many things in that in that question from Connor and your answer, you know, from a standpoint of being in charge of the academy and dealing with younger players, 13 through, let's say, 16, 17. Are you going to college or are you not going to college in a way and then factor in you're trying to find players to bring into the academy, maybe from even outside the area? In essence, you have to you have to recruit almost like a, a college coach would to try and get somebody to come into the program. I see that like the, the half smirk that you just gave. Do you, do you consider yourself that role? Like you have to, in essence, sell what the Red Bull Academy will be and the benefits that it could yield for not just the player, but for the family on top of it. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're fortunate to have a scouting department that do a lot of, a lot of great work. So they do a lot of the legwork um, and, and, you know, making sure the right types of players for us, Matt. Um, but you know, I, one of the things I say, I don't think we ever have to sell the Red Bulls. You know, it, when you have to sell something, um, I, I feel like there's no examples. But we have just so many good examples of why, like why Red Bulls. What's the differentiators for Red Bulls? Tyler Adams, Matt Miaska, Caden Clark, right? Um, all the young players that have come through. Obviously, the academy. You know, you got obviously again. You look at the history with with Connor, with with Sean, all the players. The like Red Bulls is a club. I'm a parent. I would for my son this is a kind of club you want him to go to because not only domestically can he get the opportunity and be at a club that, you know, plays young players, but if he's good enough, you go through the domestic ceiling, they've got the global ceiling kind of back to Connor's question is, and that's what young players want. Uh, young players want to play the best leagues in the world. And the MLS is getting better all the time, better, you know, more younger talent coming in, international talent, the domestic talent. I mean, you just, you just watched even yesterday some of the young guys are scoring more goals than new guys so it's just getting better and better but still it is a league that's gonna have to sell their best young towns to europe right now and that's just the reality of it um whether people like it or not that's just the reality and but um so for us we provide the pathway clear pathway domestically matt and then obviously we you know if you're good enough the proof is in the pudding we don't have to sell anything we just give them examples it's so funny um connor you can grab grab one after this it's so funny sean to hear you talk about Major League Soccer being a selling league, which they are. And and in essence, short of, I, I mean, what, six, seven, maybe 10 teams tops in the entire world, everybody is a selling, not just league, is a selling club. There are teams that play in the Premier League that are going to sell to the top teams within their own league, let alone if they could go to a La Liga or a Bundesliga and the top teams. I mean, Sean, would that, would that be accurate to say? I mean, I, I think... From an American, this is a, a, a larger context question, from an American soccer standpoint, I think the idea of why are we letting Tyler Adams, Caden Clark, whatever name you want to throw in there, Busio, who you just mentioned, why are we letting these players go somewhere else? Because the opportunity might be, in fact, better 
elsewhere than it is right now in the United States. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you see it within those leagues as well. You know, players, even managers being sold these days. So it's um, it's crazy to think, but it's that's 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 the world, right? And 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 again, but these types of clubs have an identity and they have a you know a sustainability about them. Again, if as as a parent, if as if I was living in in England, for example, you really wouldn't want your players to go to the the rich teams because young players don't get as much opportunities maybe as the other teams. So you'd love to go to a club, but you know what? This is a, a history of playing young players. If he's good enough, he'll get an opportunity. And then ultimately, if he's good enough, what happens, as you just said, they go on to the next level, whether it's a Champions League team or a UEFA team, whatever that may be. And it's exactly the same here. Ultimately, these this is where these players want to go. And and from, from a soccer perspective, you know, going to Serie A for, for Busio, going to the Bundesliga for, for, for Caden Clark, for example, that's where the best players are. And they're going to get in there and they're going to, you know, vie for playing Champions League football and they're going to be full internationals, no doubt, at some stage in their careers. But then for us, and it's I, I take this, you know, from myself and my staff, is when that happens, who's next? Like there has to be somebody else coming through the pipeline because then they're not talking about Caden Clark when he leaves. We're starting to talk about who's next. You know, is it, you know, John Tolkien's in here, right? You've got, oh, who's this Sergeant Goma kid? Sam Williams, you know, all these players, Daniel Edelman, all these players coming up, who's the next one? And again, for me, that, that I take that really personally with me and my staff is we have to keep the pipeline. We got to keep them coming through. Sean, I think one of my favorite things about calling the Red Bull two games, especially over the past two years, have been the milestones that each game, it's seeming like uh, an academy player is making their debut or scoring their first goal, getting their first assist. And, you know, for me as a as an academy guy, it, it warms my heart every game. It's incredible. For you, you know, you've been here just over three years. What has been your favorite milestone with the club so far with pushing academy players through? I think it's been just that, Connor. I mean, uh, I came in when Tolkien was kind of in Red Bull 2 already, but but just seeing those guys go with the first team and then seeing them, you know, figure it out and adapt. And, I mean, for me, JMI has been, been fantastic every time he's played, uh, you know, as an 18-year-old coming in at a tough position, as you know, Connor, fullback position. And, you know, I think it's, it's always easier for a, a young player, maybe further forward, you get away with more. But at the back, you could be found out very quickly. And I think he's done really well. And, and again, just seeing the players, whether it's the second team, whether it's the first team, or even somebody pushing up a U14 playing under 17. For me, I look at that and I see them do well. And I'm thinking, this is success. This is what it's all about. And, and again, it's just for we just have to play a little part to facilitate their development and help them you know, go on to the next part. And then obviously get into the second team. You really start to find out for me. You really start to find out, you know what? This could be an MLS player. You know, this could be an MLS player. They go in there. And I, I'll use Daniel Edelman as an example. I mean, last year, come on the scene a little bit, you know, a boy, right? You're literally a boy, late developer, but you could see his ideas, his brain, but physically maybe got banged up. And then just this season, he's, he's all of a sudden turned into a young man. And he's played almost every minute of every game, probably got the his numbers are always the highest in your GPS. And he's smashing people all over the place. And just to see that growth mentally and how much he's grown is, as, a, as an 18-year-old, I mean, again, no doubt in my mind, he'll walk out at Rebel Arena one day. Love that. Love to see his development. I think for me, um, you know, I was just recently, you know, within the past couple of years, carded at R-rated movie. So, and I'm constantly carded wherever I go. So is there a way, if I take all this off, can I, What which team do you think I could successfully sneak into the, on the academy level? 
Academy? Nah, we, we need you at Rebel too, Connor. We, you know, Joey Zelensky's gone off to college. We need a right back, Connor. Come on, we need you there, pal. I don't know. I think I still could fit in with the 19s, maybe even pushing with the 17s. I don't know. Too good. You're too good for that, buddy. Yo, come, on, come on, come on. Sean, you can give the honest answer and say that his time has come and gone and he's not really needed <laughs> anymore at all, right? Not at all. Not at all. Connor's a, Connor's a legend on and off the field here. So uh, I, was just, was just chatting the other day, actually. And to be fair, I, I mentioned to Connor, we'd love to see him pop in with the academy guys. And, you know, he's a, a role model for a lot of our young players. And, and so, uh, you know, having Connor um, for somebody to look up to for our young guys is, is invaluable. If I know you talk about non-negotiable, so if there's no negotiable on uh, body fat composition test, I'm, I'm there. I'm in. Sean, two, two, two more before we uh, we let you go, and that would be I was actually going to head that direction. So perfect segue. The connection between the first team guys that came up through the academy, going down through USL and and into the actual academy. Connor, who stops by, Sean Davis, who practices essentially next door, a field or two over, a John Tolkien as of late. You know, the the names are are there, Omir Fernandez, those guys that have all come up through the system, homegrown guys that if you're practicing with, let's say, the U15s and you look two fields over and you see that practice going on, that connection. Listen, I, I can't imagine it's unique to Red Bull, but I, I've only seen it when I've been there at training. Unique, maybe not be the perfect word but special i think is the word because there is such a connection between all the teams academy all the way through the senior side massively i mean you have to be able to see and touch and feel what where, where, what's what's next like what's you know where i want to be you know that there's no there's nothing we can say or set up or do that's more motivating than seeing where you want to be so them training on the turf and then looking over and seeing the first team guys and young first team guys and i can do that i can be there you know i'm not far off and for the guys that go and play maybe rebel two and pop back down again to the academy it's just i mean again if that doesn't motivate you you leave no chance but it's it, it is special um i don't i don't think it's completely unique but i think it's rare to be fair matt i don't think everybody has that in place and you know in, in my opinion i think it's it's absolutely imperative and, and these players Again, they get to see it. And like I said before, these are not just words. I mean, there's so many examples. The proof is in the pudding. And they, they know if they perform well and show the right mentality, they'll be given their opportunity. Sean, this one may be going to throw you on the spot a little bit. From a, from a major league soccer side of things, and it goes back to an answer that you gave, ultimate goal for the organization and the franchise is to be the last team standing at the end of the MLS season. Tell me how, as descriptive as you want, the academy system that's set up right now helps the New York Red Bulls win MLS Cup and be the last team standing at the end of pick pick a season, whatever season it might be? Uh, I mean, listen, our goal is, I mean, a lot of changes. Our goal was obviously to win the Cup, no secret in that. But we've gone through a, a, a significant amount of changes with its staff, players, and, you know, this is not a, a sprint in our minds. But where the academy comes in to play this, Matt, is, you know, we want to – a core group, like a really core group coming through. You've seen it in, in so many clubs around the world that have had success, right? Back to the Ferguson days with the class of 92, the Barca group that came through, that Ajax group. It's not a coincidence that when a, and a, a, core, a club has a core group of academy guys coming through and kind of stay the look, that's where sustained success comes from. And just being a top four club is something we talk about all the time and just being in contention every year because there's only one, one left standing and it's naive to think it's, it's going to be you every year. Um, especially in MLS where there's so much parity. Um, but ultimately, for us, 
the academy can play a massive role in that. Um, you know, for me, I always do my kind of three to five year plans, right? And I, I think for me, in three years time, you know, my, my hope is that we're, we're right there. But I would, you know, by five years, I can see this academy group being through, being a core group, being contributors. And, you know, again, hopefully in, within that five years, we've won at least one MLS Cup, Matt. Sean, it is always good to catch up with you. I have I have always left interviews with you over the last couple of years feeling so energized and invigorated by listening to you and your vision for the academy and now the connection through USL and the MLS side. Uh, Connor, I, you, you can hop in with a final word here as well. I, I think as they've always said, right, play your kids, the future is bright. I mean, those have been some of the mottos over the last couple of years and, and clearly – even though, you know, you mentioned the USL side, maybe the wins aren't there, but the development is there. And that might be the key that's going to lead New York to more success. And again, be that team that's challenging for MLS Cup every single year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, it. you know, I love what you said about, you know, yes, like you'd love to win, but winning isn't everything. But you don't have to win to develop that winning mentality. And there's so many lessons learned in you know tough moments for for young players i feel like you you learn the most out of tough moments and i feel like this 2020 2021 season have been so imperative for our academy and really uh giving these players uh some a wealth of experience to build off and they're going to be incredible for it in their careers and i think everything you guys are doing with the academy all the resources you're giving them i'm extremely jealous (laughs) <laughs> and because, you know, driving all over the state to pick up guys on the way to training instead of, you know, having a ride along program. I mean, where were you <laughs> 20 years earlier? Come on, man. But yeah, that's right. That, well, Ryan Brooks, we'll give Ryan Brooks a credit for that one, Connor. So uh, that's I'm quite rightfully keep me uh, on the soccer field and Ryan takes care of the admin and ops. Otherwise, I'd uh, nobody be turning up to training, unfortunately. But uh, so now it's been listen, the club have invested a lot, right, a lot in, in trying to take the academy to the next level. And. I, I truly believe this. We are just scratching the surface. The next three to five years, the club are going to be so exciting with all the projects and things we have going on. And yeah, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, there's going to be a lot more debuts in the next few years and we'll be a top four club and we'll win a cup. No doubt. Sean, appreciate you hopping on, giving us some time. Another story of too little, too late for Connor Lade, my podcast partner. Uh, our thanks, of course, to Zach to set this one up. For Sean McCafferty, for Connor Lade, I'm Matt Harmon. Reminder, Steve Jolly and I have the radio call for you coming up this Saturday with uh, New York traveling to Montreal on the MLS side. We'll start our pregame coverage at 7 o'clock for an 8 o'clock kickoff. Again, any comments, feel free to share them with myself, Connor. We'd be happy to talk about anything coming up in future episodes of our podcast series, Red Bull Weekly.